Good morning, Knights. Welcome to North Castle. We uh, had a wonderful week of vacation Bible school here at Faith Community Church, and I just wanted you to get, if you weren't here this week, get a little bit of a glimpse of what you missed, so you know you don't want to miss it next year when, when we uh, have vacation Bible school again. It was a wonderful week. Uh, thank you to so many volunteers who, who made it possible, and uh, for all of the kids and, and parents who, who came to be a part of this. Uh, I, I would like to remind you during the announcements and the opening of the service to find the attendance pads that are in the pews and pass those along so that we have a record of your uh, presence here with us this morning. And uh, while you do that, I'm also going to ask some of the children to pass these blue buckets around. If you would, here you go. This is, okay, that, uh, he's going he's gonna to bring this blue bucket around. This is for loose change that you might have or, or things that you would like to contribute to the Vacation Bible School offering. We uh, took an offering each day, Tuesday through Friday, at Vacation Bible School to collect for the Heifer Project. Heifer Project provides uh, farm animals for communities in need, and they, uh, it helps those communities to be more self-supporting. And uh, our goal for the week was $300, and $300 buys three flocks of chicks and two goats, and, and that was our goal. And I am thrilled to announce that by the end of the week, the kids had collected $500. So that was wonderful. Thank you to everybody who assisted with that, and uh, we want you to have an opportunity to give to the Heifer Project VBS offering as well. So that's what the blue buck is for, if you would like to contribute to that. Uh, thank you for, for buying even more animals than we anticipated being able to buy. Um, and, uh, I just want to uh, welcome you all into worship this morning and uh, invite you to stand as you are able as we begin the service. Good morning. We can join in our call to worship Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Let us worship the Lord. Amen. And when we join together in our opening hymn, Soldiers of Christ Arise, number 513.
You may be seated. And join together in our opening prayer. Holy God, you, you are, are the God, God above, above and, and beyond, beyond all, all things, things. With, with trust, trust hope, and, and humility in our hearts, hearts and minds, we gather to praise and worship you, the God, the God who, who always hears and answers our prayers. Your, Your promises are trustworthy and true. And so, with thankful hearts and minds, we praise and worship you. Every day and night, we have been blessed by your wonders. Your ways are beyond our understanding, but your mercy never fails. Your grace is shown through unfailing kindness to people who are weak and in need of encouragement and hope for the future. Ever-present God, your faithful love endures forever and ever. Amen. We have had a fantastic week. Uh, we had over 90 children here with us throughout the week. We had the most wonderful teachers, helpers, craft people, food, registration, decorators, cookie makers. This has been an endeavor that took the whole village to put on, and we do appreciate everyone who was part of it. As I said, we had over 90 children this week, and we have these kids who very graciously said they would come and sing for you this morning. So at this time, I'm going to turn it over to Mrs. Colburn, who was our music leader. Good morning. Um, as you can see, we had a castle this week. It's called North Castle. And who are we guys? We're the were the knights of North Castle. And what do knights wear? Armor. armor. And we had to find all of our pieces of armor. And we're going to, that's one of the things we're going to sing about. We're going to sing about one of the stories that we learned this week. And we're going to sing about what all those pieces of armor are going to do for us. So we're going to start with our theme song, The Knights of North Castle. a lot of things from the Bible this week, a lot of stories from the Bible, but we also had um, a Bible verse that was very important to everything that 
we did this week. Are you guys ready to tell them our Bible verse? Okay, one, two, three. And we're going to sing a song that goes with that Bible verse. talked a little bit about the armor so that's what this song is about we're going to armor up with God for you and if we didn't sing this one they wouldn't let me leave (laughs) this was kind of the favorite song of the whole week we learned like I said we learned a lot of Bible stories and we learned about these three men who had a lot of faith what were their names okay and this is the story of Shadrach Meshach Abednego and King Neb. It's so. It's getting hot, it's getting hot. 
So we would just like to thank you for letting us learn about all of these things. And I'd like you guys, if you could, to thank them one more time for showing you what they learned. <laughs> that was wonderful. Thank you, children, for sharing uh, part of your week uh, with us this morning. As they make their way out, I'm going to invite Nathan Wagner to come up here and Becky Coltis, who is the chair of the Staff Parish Committee. Um, many of you know Nathan's been on staff here at, at Faith Community for a little over a year now, uh, over a year, and um, He's going off staff now. This is his last day on staff. He's going off staff. He's not leaving the church. He's not leaving the community, uh, not moving away yet. Um, and he's going to continue volunteering to run the soundboard in the uh, contemporary service, and we appreciate that. But he is going off staff. And so we just wanted to take some time to recognize and acknowledge all that he's done for us over the past year and more. And he actually, at, in January of 2020, Nathan started videotaping the sermons in here and posting them online uh, just as uh, something, something uh, that he was interested in doing. Nobody was expecting him to do it, but he wanted to, to do it in a, a new way of reaching out to folks. And so he started uh, videoing the, the sermons, posting them online. And a couple months later, the pandemic comes along, the church gets shut down, and fortunately, Nathan was already set up for videotaping the sermon. So he started uh, videotaping an entire service and uh, posting that online. Again, voluntarily, nobody uh, was expecting him to do it. He wasn't paid to do it. He was doing it out of the goodness of his heart and so that we could have a worship when we couldn't gather together here in person. And uh, at some point, we realized how much work he was putting into that and how much we were depending on him for having worship. And so that's when he came on staff. And, and we appreciate all that you've done, Nathan. And uh, Becky wants to offer some words on behalf of Staff Parish and Administrative Board. Well, Pastor Andy has said practically everything that I had planned to say, so I will uh, just pass that up. But we want Nathan to know how very much we appreciate all he has done. When Staff Parish um, knew that he was um, going to be going volunteer again, coming full cycle, we particularly appreciate this last month that you have given us. And when we were looking to adjectives or phrases to describe Nathan, the same ones kept coming up, professional, reliable, conscientious, gracious, committed, collegial, dependable, as I said before. His work was vital in keeping the congregation connected to the church during the pandemic and always willing to go above and beyond what was asked. So um, while this is Nathan's last day on staff, as Pastor Andy has said, we are pleased to share that he is going to be continuing with us, and we always welcome you as often as possible. The administrative board um, asked that we draft a proclamation, and I'm going to read that. Whereas Nathan Wagner has been consistently professional, reliable, and conscientious in performing his duties. Whereas Nathan always exhibited willingness to go above and beyond what was asked of him. Whereas Nathan utilized his expertise to enable us to worship virtually when we could not meet collectively during the pandemic. Whereas Nathan graciously accepted additional responsibilities when the contemporary service was launched, and then even more when screens were implemented in the sanctuary. Whereas Nathan provided invaluable input to trustees when they updated our technology, the Administrative Board of Faith Community United Methodist Church does hereby declare this 25th day of July, 2021, Nathan Wagner Appreciation Day. And this is signed by Virginia Pinkerton, the administrative board chair. So we wish you the very best, Nathan, as you pursue your dreams, and thank you. So please join me in thanking Nathan. Thank you. 
uh, token of appreciation for him, and there are cards and other things out there, and uh, encourage you, please, if you haven't already, to uh, just tell Nathan how much you appreciate what he's done for all of us. Thank you. It occurred to me this week as I was uh, choosing the, the hymns for this morning and, and looking at using What a Friend We Have in Jesus as our prayer hymn, it occurred to me that that is actually the very first hymn that we sang on our very first recorded online worship service. So it seems appropriate that we'd be using it this morning uh, for our prayer hymn. So I'd invite you now to uh, join with me in singing our prayer hymn. It's number 526 in the hymnals, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Oh, because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? sorrows share. Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden? Comfort with a load of Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there. Let us pray. We are so grateful, Lord, that we do have a friend in Jesus, that we know where we can take all of our sins, all of our griefs, all of our heavy burdens, all of our concerns we can bring to Jesus and lay them at his feet. Thank you, Lord, for being there for us through everything. And even now, Lord, as we have concerns that weigh upon our hearts, both for ourselves and for loved ones, family, friends, neighbors, those who we know are going through times of illness or struggles, we lay all of these burdens at your feet, Lord trusting in your gracious care. We thank you, Lord, for this congregation. We thank you for the, all of the children that were here this week for Vacation Bible School. And we pray, Lord, that the teachings that they received this week will take root in them and grow in them into a wonderful tree of faith that carries them along through life. Lord, help us to continue to minister to them, to their families, 
to provide for their spiritual needs, to provide connection in this community. Just continue to bless us, Lord, as your church, as we continue to serve you in Jesus' name. It's in his name that we offer our prayers. As we pray to you now, the, the words that he teaches us to pray together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite the ushers forward now to receive the plates that they will pass along to receive this morning's offering. God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Please join me in the prayer of dedication. Eternal God, you bring light out of darkness and hope out of despair. Share your love with us this day that we may better love each other. Touch our hearts with the joy of resurrection and help our love shine forth in a world hungry to know your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Our scripture lesson for this Sunday is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 16, verses 25 through 34. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for lights, and rushing in, he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds, 
Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you, Flo. It's uh, hard to believe this since I've already been at this church for over two years now, but this was actually my first experience of Vacation Bible School here at Faith Community. Last year, of course, we didn't have Vacation Bible School because of the pandemic, and the year before that, I came uh, the 1st of July, and Vacation Bible School was held at the end of June, so I missed out on that. This week, I finally got to experience Vacation Bible School Faith Community style. And I have to say, I was blown away. The, the volunteers who, who put this week together did an absolutely amazing job. And how wonderful it is to see almost 100 children walking through this building, singing, learning, playing, praying, giving, and growing closer to God. As you've heard, the theme for this week was Knights of North Castle. The kids went on a quest for the king's great armor. They discovered the Belt of Truth by learning the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They found the Breastplate of Justice, learning about David's brave confrontation of Goliath. They found the Shoes of Peace, looking at the story of Mary laying the baby Jesus in the manger. They discovered the Shield of Faith from the story of Jesus and Peter walking on the water. And finally, they came to the Helmet of Salvation with Paul and Silas, singing God's praises in prison. It's that last story that we're focusing on this morning. It comes from chapter 16 in the book of Acts. I'm sure you know Paul's story already. He had been a persecutor of the church. He had overseen the murder of Christians for their faith. But then he was converted when Christ appeared to him along the road to Damascus. Paul was instantly transformed from being a first fierce persecutor of the church to being its most ardent defender and missionary. He went all over the known world, spreading the truth of the risen Christ, bringing people to salvation in Jesus' name. In chapter 16 of Acts, Paul and his partner in ministry, Silas, came to the city of Philippi. There was a slave girl there who, the Bible says, had a spirit of divination She was following Paul and Silas around, and everywhere they went, she would cry out, these men are slaves of the Most High God. Now what she was saying was true. Paul and Silas were indeed slaves of the Most High God. It was the girl's spirit of divination that allowed her to know that and to proclaim it. The problem was that by shouting this over and over again, everywhere they went, she was interrupting their teaching, she was distracting from their message, and probably driving Paul and Silas a little bit nuts. Finally, Paul got fed up and ordered the spirit of divination to come out of the girl in the name of Jesus Christ. And immediately the spirit came out of her and the girl fell silent. All was well and good. Except that this girl was a slave girl. There were people who owned her and who made money off of her through that spirit of divination. And now that spirit of divination was gone. Their profits were dried up. So the owners of the girl had Paul and Silas thrown into jail as disturbers of the peace and for advocating customs contrary to Roman law. And that's where our story for today takes place. Paul and Silas were in prison. Their feet were fastened in the stocks. They were in the innermost cell. It was midnight. And they were praising God. The Bible says they were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Imagine that. They were in jail. They, they, had, they had done nothing wrong, really. They, they were just there because they messed up somebody else's profit margin by proclaiming the truth of the gospel. They were confined, chained down in a seemingly hopeless situation, and they were praising God. I have to admit, I'm not always that gracious and faithful. I've never been in quite the predicament that Paul and Silas were in, but I've seen some difficult times in my life. And more often than not, my instinct has not been to praise God during those midnight battles. I have been known to question God. I have been known to complain to God. I've even been known to get angry at God a time or two or more. Not Paul and Silas. 
Paul and Silas sat in that prison cell. They sat in those chains and shackles that were unjustly put upon them. They sat there in the dark of night, no idea what was about to happen to them, no clue as to how they were going to get out of that place. And they praised God through the night. They were praying and singing hymns to God. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. What an impression that must have made. It made an impression on the other prisoners locked up in cells around them. They were praising God. Those other prisoners were not praising God. They weren't singing hymns and spiritual songs. They were trying to figure out how to get out of there. But they heard Paul and Silas, men who were in just as much travail as the rest of them, calmly, faithfully, peacefully, singing songs of trust and praise. Paul and Silas's midnight praise gave witness to their faith and made an impression on the prisoners around them. They made an impression on the jailer who was on duty that night too. Being the midnight jailer had to have been a thankless job. He had to stay up all night long to make sure there was no funny business going on. He didn't have a a TV to watch. He didn't have a cell phone to play on. He just had to sit there and stay awake all night long. Truth be told, he didn't always make it all night long. The scripture for today says when the jailer woke up, which implies he had gone to sleep, which he wasn't supposed to do, he could get in big trouble for dozing off if something were to happen on his watch. Most nights, he probably had to listen to a lot of grumbling from the prisoners, complaining about their miserable situation. But not this night. This night was different. This night, as he sat there awake at midnight, watching over the prison, he heard a different sound than most nights. This night, he heard singing. He heard praise. This night, he heard the gospel being proclaimed. What an impression that must have made. Perhaps it was the uncommon calm of the prisoners and the peacefulness of their gentle singing that lulled him into sleep. Whatever it was, he awoke with a fright. An earthquake shook the foundations of the jail. Prison doors were flung wide open. Prisoner chains were snapped loose. The prisoners were free to go. The guard woke with a fright, not not just because of the earthquake, but, but because of his realization that he had been asleep and now the prisoners were on the loose. There would be no way for him to recapture them all and bring them all back. He was done for. He had one job to do, and he had messed it up completely. The guard was preparing to take his own life, but before he could go through with it, a voice spoke up to stop him. It was a voice that he recognized because it was a voice he had heard praying and singing all night long. The voice of Paul came from behind the darkness and beneath the rubble saying, do not harm yourself for we are all here. We are all here. Think about that. It wasn't just Paul and Silas who stayed It was all of them, all of the prisoners who were locked up that night, every single one of them, though he easily could have made his escape and never looked back, they all decided to stay. As I said before, Paul and Silas obviously made quite an impression on them. What would you have done if you had been locked up in prison that night? Some of those prisoners might have been there justly, Some of them were probably there unjustly. Regardless of why they were there, no one wants to stay locked up in prison. An earthquake strikes. Suddenly you're free. What do you do? 
Not one of the prisoners left. They all stayed as a witness. They stayed as a witness to the truth of the gospel that they had received from Paul and Silas that very night. That perhaps made the biggest impression of all. Because it was on this occasion of all the prisoners staying, even though they could have fled, that caused the prison guard to ask the key question of this passage. The key question of all of Scripture, really. The key question in all of life. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? The jailer now knew that Paul and Silas had the answer to that question. How else could they have continued to praise God through a long, dark night even as they were locked up in chains? How else could they stay in that cell as a witness to their faith even when they could have gone free with no repercussions to themselves? But they knew that there would be repercussions to the jailer. One way or another, the jailer's life hung in the balance. They could have run away, saved their own earthly lives, and the jailer would have lost his life, both his earthly life and eternal life. Or they could stay there in faith, the jailer's earthly life would be spared, and, and more importantly than that, he would be given the opportunity to hear the gospel message that could give him eternal life. The jailer now knew that Paul and Silas had the answer. They had the key to life. The the key to life that could not be attained through any other means. Not through the state, not through his profession, not through being a good and loyal citizen of the empire, nothing that this man had previously known could ever deliver the kind of life that he saw in Paul and Silas. He knew that they had the key to eternal life. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He asked. Here is the answer that Paul and Silas gave to that jailer. And this is the same answer to anyone today who might be asking that same question. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. The question that is asked and the way that it is answered implies that there is something that we can do. Indeed, there is something that we must do in order to be saved. I know not every Christian would agree with that. There are those that believe God has preordained from the beginning of time who will be saved and who won't, and there's not a thing you can do about it one way or the other. But if that's the case, then it's curious to me that when the jailer asked them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas did not answer nothing. They didn't say there's nothing you can do about it. It's already been established by God from before you were born, so don't worry about it. No. They gave the man a straightforward answer. And we have to take them at their word that what they were saying is truth. What must you do to be saved? There is something you can do. There is something you must do. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. But be mindful that even this ability to believe, even this capacity to put our faith in Jesus comes to us as a gift of God. It's not something that that we do of our own strength or our willpower or our intelligence or our merit or, or anything that we can take credit for. The faith by which we are saved is itself a gift of the God in whom we believe. The Apostle Paul, who in this story from Acts answers the jailer, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, is the same Apostle Paul who wrote in his letter to the Ephesians, For by grace you have been saved through faith. 
And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. It is by grace alone. God's grace, a freely offered gift, which we do not deserve and we could never earn. It is by grace alone that we are able to put our trust in Jesus and be saved. So if you have already done that, if you have believed on the Lord Jesus, if you have put all your trust in Him, if you do live by faith that He is your salvation, if you have done that, then praise God for it. But you have absolutely nothing to boast in that makes you any bit better than any other person who hasn't yet done that. Your job as a Christian is not to judge those who are not yet Christians. Your your job as a Christian is to love them and to offer your life as a witness to them of the truth of the Gospel. Just as Paul and Silas and all those other prisoners that night offered their lives as a witness to the truth of the Gospel so that the jailer could believe and be saved. The very person whose job it was to keep them locked up in prison They cared enough about him to set him free for eternity. That is Christian love. And in the case of the jailer, it worked. It worked. Their witness convinced him of the truth of Jesus Christ. He accepted the truth, he believed on Jesus, and he was saved. The Bible says then he and his entire household were baptized without delay. This reflects back on a story earlier in Acts chapter 16 when a woman named Lydia, who was the first Christian convert in Philippi, she received the the teaching of Paul. And the Bible says she and her household were baptized. In neither of these cases, of Lydia or the jailer, does the Bible tell us anything about the ages or the prior beliefs of those in their households. It simply says that when the head of the household became a believer, the entire household was baptized. But the story of the jailer does tell us one thing further about his family. At the end of our reading for today, it says, And he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. He and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer. This man's faith in Jesus Christ was not just for his own benefit. It wasn't for his salvation alone. His faith, his belief in Jesus for salvation, his trust in God was a cause of celebration for his entire family. It was for the good of his household that this man was saved. And so it is, with each of us. When you come to believe on the Lord Jesus for salvation, it is not only you that is impacted by that. Your salvation is not just good news for you, it is good news for your entire family. Your wife, your husband, your parents, your children, your siblings, when you believe on the Lord Jesus, that is good news for all of them. Because in Christ, you are a new creation. In Christ, your spirit is renewed and you are transformed into the person God intends for you to be. Let me say this especially to any parents or or grandparents who, who might be here today because your child was in vacation Bible school this week. I am thrilled that your child was here with us this week. And I pray that the time we have with them will have a lasting impact on them. But if you haven't yet given yourself over to Christ, there is nothing that I or any of the staff or volunteers of this church could do that could, over, over this past week that, that would ever begin to compare to the impact it would have on your child if you were to this day believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. You can't can't imagine the rejoicing in your home 
You can't imagine the rejoicing in heaven that would take place if you were to receive Jesus this day. If you were to put your faith, your trust in Him. If you were to allow Him to remake you into the father He wants you to be, into the mother He wants you to be, into the aunt or uncle or grandparent that He wants you to be. What must you do to allow that to happen? What can you do to be saved? Well, the Bible gives us the simple and straightforward answer. Acts 16.31 Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Let us pray. Lord, I pray for each and every person here today, that we all might be submitted fully to You. That we all might be trusting in You for our salvation. And Lord, if there is anyone here who has not yet put their faith in You, I pray that they would do it now, Lord. That they would receive You as their Savior, washing away all of their sin, renewing them in Your image. Lord, may we all trust in Your grace, in Your most precious gift in Jesus Christ. May He be our Lord, the Lord of our lives. We pray in His name. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 369 in the hymnal, Blessed Assurance. I invite you to stand as you are able and let's sing together. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending, Bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I am my Savior, I'm happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness. Lost in his love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising. the long nights as well.
for he is our hope and our salvation. Amen.